When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to puke. What's up? It's Draft Vice. It's me. It's Walter. Uh, yeah, I, it's just me today. Uh, Corona Crisis Edition. Uh, quarantine down. Uh, if you noticed previously, I've had other people on the podcast, even as we got into a little bit more of this crisis. But uh, I was not feeling well, and I did not want to run the risk of getting anybody else sick. And since this podcast slash show slash banana does not happen without me running it unfortunately uh i i have to do it on my own at this point uh because i don't want to get anybody else sick so hopefully uh hopefully i don't have the covid even if i do hopefully i didn't give it to anybody um but let's let's keep going all right welcome to draft vice uh i hear it's a very crazy world out there and uh but it's also been a crazy world with the NFL and free agency and football. And uh, if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at Brojo Death Punch on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. You could, you could friend me on Xbox Live if you really want. Um, yeah, so anyway, we are here. Dude, it feels like it's been forever. So much stuff has gone on since I last spoke to everybody uh you know i I was recovering from not feeling very well and i'd not again i was not up to doing a podcast up until now so uh right off the bat a couple of things that happened two running backs got signed but one of them i mean dude the the craziness of it all todd Gurley released by the rams and then five minutes later signed by the falcons wow that was quick no, yeah, but the Falcons, like, the, the whole deal was great for the Falcons. At $5 million, we're getting Todd Gurley. I remember this guy was the uh, the, the rushing leader at one point. And now, all of a sudden, they get Todd freaking Gurley. That's great for them. And not only that, but Todd Gurley's getting paid by the Rams and the Falcons. Dude, that's dope. So, there you go. Right off the bat, great deal for him. He gets to... He gets to go home to Georgia. You know, he played in Georgia. He's a Georgia college guy. That's where he went. And then, uh, you know, he got released by the the L.A. Rams, who now are look like they're in kind of like a, a weird shuffle mode. So that, that was Todd Gurley and his five minutes of crazy. Then we had Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon signed with the Denver Broncos, everybody. The Denver Broncos. They're probably going to get rid of that Royce Freeman guy, maybe keep Philip Lindsay to be the – the uh the austin eckler to melvin gordon's uh melvin gordon uh dude this team's gonna be crazy this year i mean i don't know it's a weird thing so both these guys have a lot of uh fantasy implications right and we're not really touching on fantasy right now although i think we should do a fantasy episode uh you know as we get closer kind of looking at the real effects of all these moves and what we think about all of them but for right now these two guys are big fantasy movers right uh melvin gordon i mean I think he's probably behind a better offensive line than he was the last couple of years, right? You got a better offensive line coach in Munchak. Uh, it seems like the Broncos are making maneuvers. Uh, I don't know if his his quarterback's definitely not better, uh, but we've seen we've seen a lot from Melvin Gordon, and I don't think everything's done with Todd Gurley. And there's a lot to think that the like I know the Falcons had a weird offensive line last year. But they still had a lot of good pieces. They had a couple of guys who were on rookie deals who who were their first years in the NFL. We know, like, the first year in the NFL for offensive linemen tends to be, like, you know, 
very slow time, especially, you know, for guys who are not considered like the top and echelon of guys, like outside of the Mike McGlinchies and the Quentin Nelsons and the, uh, the Ryan Ramcheck's usually your first year in the NFL as an offensive lineman, not always like Laramie Tunsil took a couple of years to catch up to speed. So maybe, maybe we will see a, a step forward from this, this Falcons offensive line way more than we would expect from say, maybe the LA Rams offensive line. So I think this is a good setup. You know, they're replacing a, a higher contract Devonte Freeman with a lower contract Todd Gurley, and not only that, the LA Rams are paying for it. Yeah, exactly, right? This is like uh, Atlanta and uh, LA are like uh, the US and Mexico with that wall thing, except not, except the reality version of it. So anyway, uh, I Todd Gurley, I could see uh, maybe a bounce back in fantasy. Uh, I know some people, you know, will always have questions with the injury, and yeah, I I still have questions with the injury too. Uh, when's it going to end up taking him out of the game? When's it, you know, is it going to be? Uh, and I mean that both figurative, like as in an actual individual game, and also in the long run. So with with Todd Gurley, I, I do worry about it, but I'm not. I you know, I I think he's not going to be a first round pick in fantasy, right? But maybe a second rounder. Yeah, I could see a second rounder. A better offensive line. Uh, I, I kind of think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. If anything, they very much match up to each other. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like what, what might be situated there for those running backs. Uh, Melvin Gordon's a, a guy in my heart. Uh, but I don't, I think this. I think that it's still out on Drew Locke. We only saw him for five games. I think there's a lot of things to like about him. But I think we got to keep an eye on what's going to go on with that offense, uh, with the the pieces around Drew Locke, if you will. So uh, those are right off the bat because those are like the biggest story. In fact, fantasy effect, uh, you know, just those were kind of big names too. But there was also uh, actually right as I was getting on here, uh, the Colts signed Xavier Rhodes, former cornerback of the Minnesota Vikings. Colts are doing a lot, everybody. I mean, like, again, like, they signed to a one-year deal. I think this is a way to be like, hey, listen, uh, we're on our way to the playoffs, uh, we think, anyway. We got Phillip Rivers. We got this DeForest Buckner guy. Come on, we got rid of Pierre Desir, right? That's the other thing. Uh, before even they even signed Rhodes, they cut Pierre Desir, who was their corner, like one of their starting corners last year. Took a little bit of a downturn, but there was questions as to whether he was injured. He, by the way, signed with the Jets. And we're going to talk about the Jets in a little bit because they did a couple of moves. So uh, I might I talked about some of them probably previously, but... You know, just because they they have a couple of more moves, you know, a couple of, uh, th- you know, things we were hinting towards to the future. In fact, let's go into it right now. The, uh, after the road, like Rhodes, good re- bounce back opportunity. He'll be a free agent next year, that means. Um, so if he proves himself very well, maybe he gets a bigger deal later on, maybe with the Colts, maybe somewhere else. Uh, it's not unreasonable to think that there could be a bounce back here. So, you know... W- We'll get to see if he, if maybe uh, Xavier Rhodes looks again more like Patrick Peterson than, I don't know, Tremaine Johnson, so <laughs> who, by the way, was cut. Uh, I think, again, we went over that previously. So uh, we were talking before about the Jets. Jets signed Pierre Desir. Jets also signed uh, Prashad Perriman. Now, you might be like, wait, Prashad Perriman, what happened to Robbie Anderson? Well, I think we all know Robbie Anderson now, a former Temple guy, decided to go join up with Matt Rule, another guy from Temple. 
uh, over in Carolina. Yeah, Robbie Anderson in Carolina. I think that's going to be an interesting uh, setup. I don't know what they're doing in Carolina, but with Robbie Anderson being a speed threat, I think if they keep Curtis Samuel, I honestly think that's a lot of speed to have on that that uh, that that offense. Now the big question is: Does does Bridgewater have the arm to really make you feel threatened by all that speed on the outside? That it'll clear up, you know, some space for DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. But dude, that's a lot of weapons. I like what they have on offense down there. Uh, if they finally find a quarterback that's not in Bridgewater, that could take a real now, not for nothing. I think I think you will see some opportunity there with Robbie Anderson. He can utilize the intermediate areas of the field pretty well. So I, I don't like I, he's not just a deep threat. So I, I think you might see some more usage of him and DJ Moore than say Curtis Samuel. And I don't know, maybe Curtis Samuel's on the trade block. It doesn't sound like it yet, but. He could be, and I mean, honestly, I'm a team might be looking at that being like, you know, yeah, I see you guys are, uh, you got, got that speed threat over there, uh, Curtis Samuel. Now, he's more athlete necessarily than receiver, but he still, I mean, uh, he still showed some chops, so I'd be interested in seeing where he lands or where he goes if I'm a team that needs a receiver to go after him. Uh, before, again, I'm going to jump back to the Jets. You know, the Jets saw this move, lost out to Robbie Anderson, who signed a two-year, $20 million deal, $12 million in the first year of the deal. Uh, and they said, you know what? Uh, we're not matching that. We're going to go with a guy who's very similar. We're going to go with a Brashad Perriman, former first-round pick of the Ravens, was on the Browns and was on the Bucks. Now he's on the Jets. One-year deal again. Um... And that seems to be what they're kind of going with here with the Jets. They're kind of like in this wait-and-see mode. Them and the Browns seem to be doing Now, they've been doing it on different parts of their, their teams. But the uh, the, the Jets here signed uh, Brashad Perriman to a one-year deal. Uh, you know, it sounds like they, they signed a, another offensive lineman, uh, Van Roten, formerly of the, the Carolina Panthers. So they're, they're starting to build up the interior up a little bit. They still haven't found a tackle that'll fit them, other than George Fant, who... Not sure I really feel comfortable with George Fant as a as a tackle, but listen, you know what? It, it seems like they are trying to test things out, right? Get the waters cleared up. Uh, Prashad Perriman's deal is a little bit cheaper than than uh, Robbie Anderson, which might make sense. Like, hey, we don't know really where we're going in the future. Let's go with a guy who who we can get who's very similar to Anderson. Maybe we could pay him a little bit further down the line. But this year we'll go with like a six or six million dollar deal with eight million dollars up to eight million dollars in incentives. Yeah, we'll go with uh, this Prashad Perriman guy. And listen, Prashad Perriman's not bad. I mean, he and honestly, he's probably a bulkier version of Robbie Anderson. Uh, but I just I've seen Robbie Anderson show up more. I, I almost I always feel more comfortable with the guy you know than the guy you don't know. That's my personal opinion on it. I'd rather take the receiver who like we've seen this before. We've seen. We've seen teams go like, listen, we're losing A, we're going to get a similar guy in B, and it doesn't work out because the chemistry's not there. The, the the band isn't together, and we're not used to this. And it's, hey, this guy's not the same guy. You know, like, uh, you know, Bashar Perriman has dealt with drop issues in the past, especially. Now, granted, there were, I would honestly argue when he was in Baltimore, some of those issues were with location. Um, Joe Flacco was not necessarily the best uh, quarterback in the world when he was uh, throwing the ball to Brashad Perriman. That was when Flacco started his drop-off journey. So, uh, yeah, the the uh, but 
before we get into other bits, there was a big trade, right? Since we were last on this podcast, right? And we been talking about all these trades recently. The Darius Slay trade, man. We were talking potentially he might get traded. Got traded to the Eagles for a third and a fourth rounder. Uh, third and a fifth rounder, sorry. Eagles have been making a lot of deals this, after, like, the, the main spike of free agency, right? They, uh, they released Malcolm Jenkins. We talked about that. Uh, they they trade for Darius Slay from the the Detroit Lions. They uh, they signed Will Parks and Nickel Roby Coleman and Jatavius Brown. Some guys to fill in some spots. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman, man, like great slot corner. Now they're really filling out this the secondary, right? They they said, listen, we we were weak on the back end. We've been weak on the back end. We gotta fix this. All right, we'll trade for Slay. Get one side fixed. All right, could they re-sign Jalen Mills? All right, he's been okay. Uh, Nickel Rolby Coleman, great slot corner. Uh, and then Will Parks, who was doing pretty well in Denver as a, as a safety. So it seems like they are trying to fix their coverage unit here. Jatavius Brown, linebacker, kind of, you know, again, fill out some of the spots there. Uh, they re-signed McLeod. Uh, not Connor McLeod, not the guy from uh, the... There can only be one. Not that, those movies. But the... Uh, the safety. They, they re-signed uh, the safety along with Jalen Mills. Uh, they released Malcolm Jenkins, who you know, we talked about, signed with the, the Saints. And uh, they, you know, I think we talked about this. They also uh, agreed to terms with Javon Hargrave, mentioned previously. I, I think they are really trying to make sure their defense doesn't lose games for them. We've seen this before with that team. Uh, now it looks like they're building up more pieces around that defense, uh, Make sure their coverage unit does not lose them games, which makes sense. If you are, uh, if you're, you know, if you have this playoff caliber team and you're just, you need something, and you know, you're finding guys from good deals. Yeah, and not only that, they signed Slay to an extension with that trade, right? So, uh, I think it was a good deal. I think it was smart on the the Eagles spot to to go ahead and get that. It doesn't sound like they were. Yeah, now now what do they need? They need receiver help, right? Now you got some opportunity in the draft to get a receiver. Uh there's still some guys out there for uh some deals. So you never know. Like maybe as you get closer to the draft or out of free agency out of the bulk of free agency, they start picking up other guys who really haven't signed anywhere yet. So uh they're also rumored to be shopping Razul Douglas. I could see a couple of teams being interested in him. The you know, I, I, I was going to say the Bills, but the Bills just signed EJ Gaines. They got Josh Norman. They seem to be like the Bills seem to focus on their guys, right? Um, but I feel like Razul Douglas would have been a good fit there. Uh, potentially maybe uh, the Washington team down over in D.C. who made a couple of their moves, uh, including trading for Kyle Allen. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. They traded a fifth rounder for him. They also traded Quinton Denbar, their corner for uh, a fifth rounder over to the Seahawks. He's actually a pretty good corner. He fits kind of what the Seahawks are looking to do with their cover three scheme. And uh, it seems like the Washington team is kind of like looking to do it. Like they're looking to formulate, formulate around what they want to do. Like we want to do what we want to do. We're going to get rid of the guys who don't fit what we want to do, which we've seen a lot of times with a lot of new coaches and new schemes and new personnel. They, they push some guys out. They get some new guys in, guys who match up what they want to do. So, um, also that Kyle Allen guy, they traded for him from the Panthers. 
somebody else got released from the Panthers. The the one, the only, the Cam Newton, right? 2015 Cam Newton was amazing, right? That's all we ever. Hear. I loved, dude. I had him in fantasy, man. That was gold. He was, oh, that was he was Pat Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson before Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. So, uh, and he did that with like not a lot around him. So, uh, yeah. Now Cam Newton's a free agent. The the Panthers released him after their little bit of a fiasco. Uh, who knows what team he's gonna go to? He seems to be in like fight mode. He's like, all right, yo, I'm I'm on this, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna kick some butt. I'm gonna be a quarterback again. Don't worry about it. He I I think he'll bounce back. At least one more season he will have back in the NFL, um, I, and he will. Ha- I don't know if it'll be as as great as 2015, but I, I do think eventually he will be back. I don't know what team necessarily he. Fi- I think the best team for him would be the Chargers. Uh, they they so far have announced that they are not looking to sign anybody. They are not looking to trade for anybody. Now maybe that was kind of a bluff to be like, hey, yo, we're not gonna sign. We're not gonna trade you for no Cam Newton. You, we're just going to go ahead and stick with the Tyrod Taylor. And then maybe he goes ahead and signs them. Or they just draft somebody, which is what it's sounding like. But we will see. Um, Jaguars. Oh, that was the other. Dude, a lot of trades, man. A lot of trades. Jaguars traded Nick Foles. Yep. For a conditional fourth-round pick. To the Bears. To the Bears, everybody. That was what we... I did not expect that to be the one. Now, it, it kind of makes sense. Matt Nagy knows Nick Foles. They know Andy Reid. They all go back. They go like, yo, let's go do this. And uh, listen, I, I don't think it was a horrible trade on part of... Uh, I think it was a great trade on part of the Jaguars. It's a weird trade on part of the Bears just because there's other options out there that I thought were maybe a bit better fits than... Nick Foles, uh, and Nick Foles really hasn't been all that great as a starter. Like he's been good at coming in when you need him. He's been a high level backup. Now they also trade for him with the whole contract. Everybody, now that's crazy. Uh, but now they can kind of look to to Trubisky and be like, "Listen, the, we're paying the money because this is what he agreed to, right?" So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a huge Nick Foles fan. I'm um, not a huge Trubisky fan, so I'm kind of looking at the Bears like, okay, uh, see you later, sunshine. So, the, yeah. Um, they, By the way, the Bears seem to be doing some weird moves. They they signed a couple of ex-first-round picks in Artie Burns and Barkevious Mingo and, uh, and Jermaine Effetti. Yeah, because uh, you know, they needed to fix up their O-line. They lost a couple of guys. They lost somebody to retirement, um, Mr. Long, if you will. And now they're going to be, you know, they're, they're a little short on offensive linemen. So they went with uh, the former Seahawk, uh, Jermaine Effetti. Uh, Barkevious Mingo has been okay as a pass rusher in recent years. I, you know, really, only the Seahawks have ever gotten anything out of Barkevious Mingo. Everybody else, whether you're the Browns or the Texans or anybody else, just doesn't seem to get anything out of Barkevious. Do love the name, though, Barkevious Mingo. That's going to be my uh, my gnome de plume one day. And then Artie Burns uh, just never seemed to fit in with what the Steelers wanted to do. And honestly, scheme-wise, he never seemed to fit in with what the Steelers wanted to do. He was like he was not like the, the Steelers are in so much zone. And then not that Artie Burns was even that successful in his own right, but he, he's definitely more of a man corner. 
So we'll see if he, he bounces a little bit better in uh, in uh, Chicago. But we will, I don't know, we will see. Uh, we already talked about uh, the Panthers signing Robbie Anderson and releasing Cam Newton. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Jets uh, signing Pierre Desir. Uh, Rashad Perriman losing out on Robbie Anderson, bringing in Van Roten. Um, some other wide receiver news. Travis Benjamin went to the 49ers. Uh, Philip Dorsett went to the Seahawks. That's going to be a very fast receiving core, right? Everybody in that receiving core seems to run a 4-3. So, dude, uh, DK Metcalf, uh, Philip Dorsett, and Tyler Lockett. Man, that's a lot of speed. That's that's a lot. That's that's a lot of speed, Walter. They're just going to be throwing deep balls, which I kind of like that though. Like when you have a lot of speed on the offensive side, maybe kind of opens up for the running. Um, and, and not only that, you got probably one of the best deep ball throwers and off script guys in the NFL, Russell Wilson. So, um, the Bucks re-signed Adama Kinsu. Uh, Dallas agreed to terms with HaHa Clinton Dix. Travis Frederick retired, man. What are the Dallas Cowboys going to do without Travis Frederick? Center Travis Frederick. Man, that that you could tell the difference between that offensive line with Travis Frederick and without Travis Frederick. It, it was a it, it, now they have time. They can go ahead and, and and fix it. He was so good even last year he played really well. But listen, he he's dealt with some uh, medical issues. I think the the Cowboys and him kind of saw this coming. Um He's uh he was a great all pro center. He you know, he, he played so well last year that like he you could see the difference. Like the amount of pressures on Dak Prescott went down immensely when he was in that game. And and he was in for this full season compared to twenty eighteen where it was just not very good. Uh they still have a couple of guys. They have Connor McGovern, uh different Connor McGovern than the one the Jets signed, clearly. Uh a guy who they drafted a couple of years ago. Uh they also have Joe Looney. So we'll see if uh, if they can kind of fix up this uh, offensive line. You know, they they signed a bunch of guys to long contracts to to on uh, all the other spots of this O line. So maybe that should help cover up a couple of issues. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm a little I'm, I'd be a little worried for the Dallas team, but the the Cowboys. I mean, they're still going to be about running the ball. They still got a lot of good O-linemen. They still got Dak Prescott, who is on the franchise tag now. They signed Amari Cooper, I think last time we talked about it, to a $20 million a year deal, $100 million total. But, uh, yeah, and then they also uh, come to an agreement with Dontari Poe, D-tackle, which kind of makes sense. Like, the Cowboys needed some interior D-line depth uh, to, to fill out that roster. Uh, they probably still need an edge presence. Uh, we'll get to the Cowboys eventually. I want to try and find a Cowboys fan. Maybe if I, I can get people on during the apocalypse, uh, this uh, Corona crisis. But if not, don't worry about it. We, we will talk about the Cowboys. Uh, Browns. You know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't do any Browns news. Browns did a lot of stuff the last couple of uh, this last week. A lot of one-year deals. Andrew Billings, Andrew Sandejo, a lot of Andrews, uh, Carl Joseph. Uh, safety from the Raiders, who was a first-round pick. A lot of these guys are former first-round picks. You'll notice they, they signed to deals as Carl Joseph, Kevin Johnson. Um, there was somebody else. Uh, 
Oh, maybe I guess I'm thinking of Jack Conklin. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, they, they signed Carl Joseph to a one-year deal, Andrew Sandejo to a one-year deal, uh, Andrew Billings, D-Tackle from the Cincinnati Bengals to a one-year deal. Uh, a lot of pieces that they're trying to like. They they signed a lot of long year long term deals on the offense, and they decide to go like, hey, let's go let's go uh, bargain bin shopping, like one year rentals on defense because we have defensive pieces already. Let's go ahead and add to it, but let's not overload it. So Kevin Johnson has played pretty well in in some uh, opportunity. He might compete with uh, Greedy Williams on the outside, big guy. You know, he also has had time in the slot. He's played pretty well there. Uh, you know, just to fill out the the cornerbacks on the roster, I think that's a good move. They They definitely needed to go ahead and work on trying to find pieces to add to this uh, defense that were on cheap deals. And this is a great idea. Again, Carl Joseph, another guy who played really well, hard-hitting safety, really good in run defense. Uh, you know, if you're running a, a 4-2-3, which, you know, you know, we probably do, you know, if you're, uh, I don't know necessarily what their, their new D coordinator is going to do, but the old D coordinator kind of ran that. Great, great guy to have for that. Uh, he's played really well when he's played. Now, he hasn't always been healthy. Uh, Andrew Billings is on a one-year deal. He's played really well at nose tackle, so you'll give uh, Joby a, a chance to rest or be able to pair him up with Joby or pair him up with Sheldon Richardson and uh, rotate guys, and that's a good interior to have. It sounds like the Browns are moving away, like moving towards this idea of, hey, let's go ahead and get about Also, if they all walk, you get, you know, and they get bigger deals next year, yeah, you get compensatory picks. This is a lot. This is a good lottery maneuver. I like this move. Um, they signed B.J. Goodson. They traded for Annie Janovich, who's a, a fullback. Uh, and then they also uh, got Chris Hubbard to agree to a deal, right? They they had a, a tackle on their roster already. The, the guy who played right tackle the last two years, and he has not played very well. He's been probably bottom of the NFL, like probably like, but he hasn't been like below replacement level. So here's what I think they did. They said, hey, listen. Um, we want to keep you as a backup. So what they did is they reworked his deal. $1 million guarantee, $2.5 million uh, um, salary, and then up to $5 million in potential earnings. And if you play 90% of snaps this year, you will get to, you have an opt-out clause for 2021. Probably not going to play this year because unless he's playing right guard, uh, right tackle's being taken up by Jack Conklin, who's the big deal that they signed. So I, was, I thought that was an interesting maneuver. Uh, it gives you, now you have depth and a guy who you know about already, who like, I think he was ranked like 66 of 75 tackles. So like if your right tackle goes down, if somebody goes down, you're, you're not totally screwed. Like, yeah, he's not great. He really has not played very well at all, but at least you have a spot starter who you know can play like, Better than worst case scenario, right? So there is that. Um, New England signed Brian Hoyer. I know, big deal, everybody's. But Brian Hoyer might be the starter next year. Who knows? It's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting situation in New England with him and Jared Stidham. Uh, Steelers signed Eric Ebron. That's going to be an interesting situation. Um, Ebron, you know, spent the last two years with the Colts. Uh, uh, then was with Detroit before that. We we will see if uh, Ben Roethlisberger can finally utilize a tight end, and if Eric Ebron can be that tight end. Um, the Raiders Raiders been doing a lot of deals. Everybody like they just they keep doing these like the like they're kind of like they're doing these like small cheap one year deal or cheap contracts and just 
scraping up everybody. Right now, they went for uh, Aguilar and Eric Cush. Not really big names, but okay, guys. Um, you know, I, you know, they went to give Aguilar a bigger deal, and he dropped it. And uh, Eric Cush is a good interior, uh, basically backup guy, but it, it plays at a high enough level when he has played. Uh, Saints signed Malcolm Jenkins, uh, as I said before. We've already talked about that, but they also signed Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver. Uh, previously of the Broncos, the Steelers, and, of course, the Super Bowl uh, contender, San Francisco 49ers, is signed Emmanuel Sanders to his two-year deal. And by the way, we are talking about the Saints in depth today, everybody. Uh, yeah, because, listen, they I, I kind of like what they've been doing. You know, we want to get to this 2020 outlook kind of deal. Uh, we didn't get to them before free agency, but we are going to talk a little bit about them uh, going into the draft and going into, you know, what they've done so far in free agency, what else they might need. You know, they, they signed, uh, they re-signed Breeze to a two-year deal. They re-signed Andreas Pete, who is one of their bigger, uh, offensive linemen, one of their bigger free agents leaving. This is a team that didn't look like it had a lot of money either. And again, they were, they've been a playoff contender. So now it seems like they're still bulking up though. They, they signed Malcolm Jenkins. They, uh, they, they, they uh, signed Emmanuel Sanders. By the way, Malcolm Jenkins used to be a Saint. Then he went to the Eagles, and now he's back. They uh, they signed Emmanuel Sanders, right, receiver. Dude, what did that team need? They needed another receiving threat outside of Michael Thomas. I think in the draft they should still go for another receiving threat, but that's just me. Uh, they agreed to a deal with Janoris Jenkins, right? They gave him an extension so that way they can keep him because his hit this year was going to be $13 million, So they said, hey, wait a second. Thirteen million this year is what, what you, but it's all on guarantee. We can cut you; you're done. But what we can do here, right, is uh, we can give you a two-year extension. Right, you'll get a lot of your money. Uh, you'll get ten million dollars guaranteed. Uh, but let's do a three-year deal, twenty-seven million. So now they have Janoris Jenkins for nine million a year. Right, three years, twenty-seven million, ten million guaranteed. All the guaranteed money's in twenty twenty, so they can cut them next year, trade them, do whatever. I kind of like this deal because now you have a guy on the other side of Lattimore. Lattimore, by the way, on his fifth-year option, uh, they just said okay to his fifth-year option. Same thing with Ryan Ramchek, right tackle. This is where we're going to start hearing about first-year options. Uh, a fifth-year option, sorry, uh, for first-round rookies. Uh, Ramchek and Marshawn Lattimore were the first ones we've heard of so far. Both have played immensely well. So, uh, yeah, now you have a guy on the other side. You got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You got Malcolm Jenkins. It sounds like, dude, this defense is going to be fun to watch, too. They also re-signed Noah Spence, uh, who was drafted as a pass rusher out of Tampa Bay. He said he likes it down there. He likes the team. It's a very, uh, very nice uniting team. Everybody seems to be supportive. He's learned a lot from Cameron Jordan. So uh, I'm liking what the, the Saints are doing this year. I still think they're a playoff contender. doesn't matter if Tom Brady's in that division or not. They got Drew Brees. They got Michael Thomas. They got a good defense. They got unity. They got a great O-line. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite O-lines in the NFL. They got Alvin Kamara. So uh, a lot of good pieces here, right? Uh, going into the draft, right? Now, keep in mind, I, I think they are done in free agency. Unless it's like a couple of small deals. They got about $15 million in free cap space. That's not a lot of money. That's usually where you're like, listen, we're going to pause for right now. 
you know, if we can get some like backup pieces or whatever, but you got to still sign your guys from the draft and you also go ahead. You got to go ahead and, you know, keep some money for like a rainy day in case you need to go ahead and be like, Hey, we got to sign somebody. So, um, yeah, they got $15 million. I think they're basically done in free agency. Uh, I think what they, they might want to look at doing with this, uh, with their draft is maybe focus on some ancillary pieces, right? They got a, a relatively low first round pick. They don't have a second round pick because they traded that to, to the Miami dolphins last year so that they can go ahead and draft, uh, draft a center, which great. Cause he's been a great replacement for Max Unger. They, uh, they do have a third round pick. And they got a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, and a sixth round pick. They only have five picks in this draft, but they've always they've been very good at utilizing what picks they have. You know, a lot of teams don't hit on all their picks. The Saints have been very good when when they've had picks, they've really hit on them. They went right for guys who are just good. Apparently, it's it's just a good uh, good structured team, and they know what they can get out of guys. Like Chauncey Gardner Johnson's been really good for them from last year. Um, the center that they drafted last year, whose name is escaping me, he, uh, he played really well. They, uh, you know, even from the draft class from a couple of years ago, Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchecks, uh, you know, this is a team that is building to be a playoff caliber team and they have been targeting quantity, not quality, a uh, quality, not quantity. Which sometimes you know you could do both, but they've been very good with it. They've been they've been targeted. They've gotten a lot of guys that they wanted. Um, I think in the draft they might want to still target another receiver. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is a little bit on the elder side, if you will, for uh, an NFL player. But I still like what he's gonna what he can bring to that offense. Uh, maybe you get a guy. Now they're not going to get one of the top receivers unless they trade up, which I don't see them doing. But who knows? Um, they could go running back in this draft. There's still a lot of good, you know, maybe in the third round, especially because, you know, you're going to get Alvin Kamara towards the end of his deal. Um, you know, you're kind of hitting that, that the last legs of some of these, you know, for Alvin Kamara. So maybe, you know, in the, the third round, get like a Clyde Edwards, Alaire. I always throw his name out there. Cause I feel like he's going to be like the last one that you can grab as a good opportunity. But who knows? Like, I say that, and then he might go the highest everybody. So, I uh, I like what the, the Saints have. I like what they're doing. Uh, they could maybe use a linebacker. Uh, a couple of, you know, if they use their first-round pick, Eric Murray might still be there when they draft. Uh, Patrick Queen of LSU. Uh, Isaiah Simmons will not be there. But uh, they could also go for corner, but it sounds like they're pretty well set at corner. They might trade down and accumulate picks, but that's not really been the Saints' style. The Saints have been the ones that kind of like, they've been doing the opposite of the trade back thing. They're like, listen, we don't care. We'll trade up and grab somebody that we really like. That's just been their MO. Um, they, they feel like that's a team that like I can't pick a piece that I really feel all that worried about. But I do feel like linebacker might, but they got... They've gotten good play out of Demario Davis and Eric uh, and Anzalone. You know, uh, tight end. They got Jared Cook, and they've gotten good play out of him. You know, I think really their biggest weaknesses maybe like you know get a, a couple of other small like ancillary pieces or just depth. You know, 
Again, maybe another receiver, good receiver draft, right? You know, I don't. They won't get one of the top three guys, but maybe they'll get some guys in the, the later rounds in this draft. Um, you can never go wrong with defensive back. Pass rusher is not a good thing this year in the this draft, so I, I don't. I just don't see that being a, a thing that they're going to go after. Uh, D tackle, you know, it depends. Like who's going to be there? I don't think a Javon Kinlaw and Derek Brown's going to make it down that far. So I doubt that's going to be the option. And then if those guys aren't there, you know, are you going to really trade down and maybe get Jordan Elliott in the second round, or is he going to fall to the third? It's a lot to like about this this Saints team. Um, the other option, the one thing that everybody's probably thinking about, quarterback, right? Do they draft one? Do they draft one in the first round? Do they trade up to draft one like a Jordan Love? Do they draft Jalen Hurts? Uh, those are guys who I'd be interested in if I'm a Saints fan. Is kind of checking in on those guys. Uh, or uh, Jake Fromm. Guys who maybe fall to the second or third round in this draft. You can go like, you know what? Like, maybe we could turn something into... Like, with, with Jalen Hurts, like, especially because we're almost at the end of uh, with Breeze's rope here. Maybe we got to go ahead and start filling out this this roster. Maybe get a young guy. So when, when Breeze is done kind of do what we were doing with Bridgewater's. we have somebody to replace Breeze. Because now Bridgewater's not there. I know they've been saying Taysom Hill is going to be the future, but he's not. He's not, folks. That's a lie. They are just trying to sell you on a couple of uh, makeshift goods, if you will. So, yeah, I decided to talk about the Saints because, again, I didn't feel like there's a lot to talk about with, those te- with this team. And then the other team, I feel like there's not a lot to talk about. But uh, still wanted to mention going into 2020 is the Green Bay Packers, right? Uh, another team I think that's essentially done in free agency. Uh, they have uh, $12 million in cap at, left at this point with the top 51. So I think they're essentially done. Even without the top 50, like when you go really into their cap, it's really like they're down to $6 million. But when you look at the top fifty-one, I think they're going to probably they're going to be at the twelve million dollar mark because that's really how you calculate the top fifty-one. Um, they've got a lot of picks in this draft. They've done a lot of interesting moves, right? They uh they had a couple of guys leave. Brian Bulaga left. Uh, Blake Martinez left. And I actually think they signed guys who at least were comparable, right? Ricky Wagner, um, probably not as good as Brian Bulaga, but at least a comparable guy to you know kind of fit in there. Uh, cheaper deal, you know you were losing Bulaga. Plus, uh, with the guy, so with uh, losing Blake Martinez and Bulaga, you're potentially getting comp picks out of it, right? Compensatory picks, picks you get for uh, for a guy signing contracts and going to other teams. So you lose these two guys, and now you sign two guys who were not necessarily free agents because they were on the end of their contract, but were released. So by signing Christian Kirksey and Ricky Wagner, which we talked about previously you are not affecting your comp pick formula. I think we talked about that previously, but I just wanted to kind of go over it really quick. Um, they did cut Jimmy Graham. Uh, they also, and this is news that I have not reported yet, but now it will be talking about is they signed Devin Funches, or they are in talks with Devin Funches. I actually don't think it's fully confirmed uh, or if they've agreed to terms yet, but they are in talks with Devin Funches. Not a guy who I'm all that uh, excited about. Uh, the Green Bay Packers had really two problems last year, right? It was receiver outside of Devontae Adams, and it was basically stopping the run, right? So they probably needed another defensive tackle or a defensive end 
to kind of but so again they're later in the draft they didn't really sign any defensive tackles uh in free agency i don't think they're looking at that as their big worry stopping the run because they, they did figure out ways of slowing it down eventually and they still have kenny clark kenny clark's gonna be good um but uh they did re-sign Mercedes Lewis. They re-signed Safety Will Redmond, who was kind of just more of their third safety. The The real deal here is that the, the Packers got to fix their, their wide receiver core, and it really doesn't seem like they've done enough yet, even in the free agency, to do it. I don't think they planned on it. I don't think they were like, listen, we can definitely do something in free agency with this. I think they were looking to see if they can get somebody on the cheap, um, maybe get Emmanuel Sanders to come in. He decided to go down to the Saints. But again, they they might be looking to rework some deals. They might be saying, hey, listen, what we're going to do here is we're going to play it out in the draft. We'll see if we can get somebody. Maybe they'll trade up. Maybe they're one of those teams. They have not been a trade-up team, right? They have not. But it could be. Uh, They've typically been the trade-back team, right? We'll trade back and accumulate picks and try to build up our team with all these accumulated picks, right? Fourth-round picks, fifth-round picks, you know, next year picks this is how they've gotten some extra pieces in that defense into that roster. So uh, they've been kind of, you know, they've been good with the pass rush, right? They, they made a couple of good free agent signings last year. They, uh, their running backs have been a good core for them. They've been thrown to the running backs a lot. Devontae Adams has been amazing for them. I think this is, they will go receiver this year. I think um, they had a lot of picks though. They got uh you know, all their picks in the first five rounds. They also have three sixth-round picks and two seventh-round picks. I think they'll probably either use that to maneuver a little bit or trade out and get some picks for next year or just take shots on guys. But I don't imagine them using all of those picks. Uh, Green Bay was, uh, again, was very much a, a contender last year and just got annihilated by the... Uh, by uh, San Francisco 49ers. Things that the Green Bay Packers have to worry about, though, is they, you know, again, their tackles are getting old, right? So they might want to look at tackles in this draft class, especially because their guys are getting older. Um, They're towards the end of the first round, so they might want to look at uh, Josh Jones, Lucas Nyang, um, just trying to filling out that offensive line because they just don't have a lot left as far as depth goes. They drafted a guy... Last year, Eggleton Jenkins, I liked him. I think he's played really well. But they're still probably looking at everything going like, hey, we need uh, we need offensive linemen because, again, we lost uh, Bulaga. We're going to have to replace him. Yeah, Wagner's an option, but you don't want him being your – like when you lose a, a major stalwart at a position, you don't want just one option, right? You want more than one option to fix it. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to go ahead and – Maybe draft a guy like a Lucas Nyang, Josh Jones, if Mekhi Becton falls. Because I think people might be overrating Mekhi Becton. But if he falls, potentially maybe him. Because um, they've been very good at developing guys, even though they lost the O-line coach, Campen, who was really good at developing guys. So maybe they're going to look to draft a guy and develop him. Um, you know, Austin Jackson's been rumored. Ezra Cleveland's been rumored in the, the draft to be a potential first-rounder. So a couple of those guys they might look at. Uh, then, you know, again, like I said, D-tackle. Uh, like I said, they're probably not – another team that's not in that opportunity to probably draft Kinlaw or uh, or Derek Brown. 
unless those guys fall, which you never know. And it, it, draft, a lot of people fall. You know, like Derwin James fell one year. So, um, you know, maybe they get a Jordan Elliott in the second round. Uh, I, I, it's going to be an interesting thing to look at with this team. Or maybe they wait later and get like a nose tackle, somebody just to kind of help plug up the run a little bit to kind of put it beside Kenny Clark, make a nice little rotation. There, there's some uh, opportunity with this team as far as uh, building out the roster going forward. I still think on offense, the number one thing is receiver, right? They're, they've got to figure out the receiver situation. they got to kind of help out Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, there's LaVisca Chenault, who might have taken a little bit of a, a dive because of his combine testing. Um like I said, I don't think they're in the run for the top three guys. They're not in the run for the top of a lot of positions because, again, they're towards the end of the first round. Uh, maybe they take a shot on corner. Again, corner's been a big thing for them. They you know, they just constantly seem to take shots at defensive back. But I, I think uh, given this draft class, maybe they go um, well, whatever they feel is the strongest at that position at the time. So, uh, you know, like I said, maybe, maybe they see somebody falling of a position that they really like, like a Jerry Judy. You know, we saw a Calvin Ridley fall a couple of years ago, uh, later than most people thought. So maybe Jerry Judy has a similar kind of dissension in the, the first round. Uh, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, those guys, though, I imagine are going to go higher. Um, maybe a Van Jefferson. Um, a lot of people have been talking about Denzel Mims who was a combine like superstar and has a lot of opportunity to really be a, a good player in the NFL. But, you know, you're probably not seeing true work from him year one as far as making uh, this team better. So I, I think what they're looking for are guys who can help right now. They are in a very much right now mode. So Green Bay is an interesting one. I don't think they're going to take a step back. But, again, they lost Bulaga. Um, Wagner's okay. And then I like Kirksey because I, I remember him on the Browns. And he was good for a couple of years. He's been injured the last few years. That's why the Browns got rid of him. Um, so he might take a step forward. Be, and, listen, he's not going to be much worse than Blake Martinez. Now you got to hope he's healthy every you know when he's playing. Um, outside of that, though, there's not much to say with Green Bay. Like, they... They got the best quarterback in the game. They really got to hope that their receiving core gets a little bit better. Maybe they could find another piece. Uh, maybe a Taylor Gabriel is out there. A uh, couple of like little ancillary pieces to kind of maybe a wide receiver two or three. But uh, that's it for the Packers. That's it for the Saints. That's it for me. That's it for this for right now. Um, listen, you can follow the podcast on Instagram uh, at DraftVice underscore football. You can follow it on Twitter at DraftVice. Uh, you can follow me at Brojo Death Punch. It's B R O J O Death, like the thing we're all going to die from eventually, and then Punch. So yes, and uh, if you can like, follow, subscribe, uh, leave a comment. Uh, this week I'm not doing it, but next week I'm going to start going ahead and shouting out to everybody who comments. If you leave a review, uh, screenshot it and share it with me, so I way I could be like, "Yo, rock on, Mo." foe thank you for going listen and thank you if you do any of those things like it subscribe share it and uh listen stay well stay healthy and uh we'll be back we'll be back when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous about the past about the people